We are going to be continuing in our uh, study in 1 Peter. Let's just approach the Word of God in prayer before we open our Bibles. Father, we just thank you so much for the written Word of God, the holy written Word of God, that we could open it up, read it. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to unveil our eyes, Mm. give us spiritual eyes and, and ears to hear what you're saying to us, Lord, this morning personally and to the church for the day and time that we live in. Oh, we need your help so much, Lord. And we thank you that uh, you're a God who reveals, you delight to reveal your plan to your children. And so here we are, Lord. Uh, Speak to our hearts. Yes. listening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, we are, like I said, continuing in our study in 1 Peter, uh, living as a sojourner in a strange land. We've been talking a little bit about how the world is sometimes looking more and more like a strange place. <laughs> and, uh, Hourly. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, letter, we call it sometimes a book of First Peter, but it was a letter that was written to the churches, the early churches written about 30 years after Jesus died, rose in, from the grave and ascended into heaven. And uh, the churches were, the, this letter was written to by the Apostle Peter. They were scattered in where is modern-day Turkey, so that was north of where Israel is. Mm-hmm. And they were scattered there because of persecution. The government of Rome was severely starting to persecute the church. Uh, and they were doing horrendous things, really, to them, mm-hmm. making them into human torches, lighting them up. We talked about this a little bit before as uh, torches, putting them in oil and then lighting them in Nero's garden for light. Or, or tying, sewing uh, animal skins to them and then releasing them in a place like the Coliseum, just for sport, just for entertainment. Right, have wild wild and, dogs right. or a wild animal mm-hmm. attack them and, and rip them apart. And so in their suffering, you know, Peter is writing to them under these circumstances. Like that I'm sure they're thinking, how are we supposed to live? What are we supposed to think? How are we supposed to respond? And basically the theme of First Peter is a theme of don't lose heart, <laughs> even in spite of the sufferings of this life. That's right. And that's one of the main themes of the letter, that sufferings in this life, he's basically saying, are temporary. That this world is not ultimately your final home. And that we have an eternal living hope in Christ Jesus that's going to carry us beyond this life. And so we're going to read today uh, from, we're going to read chapter 2 of 1 Peter, verses 1 to 12. And um, so if you have your Bible and you want to just open up there with me as we just begin a little introduction here. This letter uh, gives us then some wisdom as we read this letter today. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly we're not experiencing the kind of persecution that they experienced. Thank God we're not. Hallelujah. Right. But <laughs> there is a growing, have yeah. you noticed, animosity. Yes. And even a blatant hatred that's getting louder and louder in the American culture against biblical values, wanting to silence biblical values, biblical morality. Has anybody noticed that? Okay, I just want to be sure we're all on the same page. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) we got to be aware of what's happening. Even though we're not experiencing quite the persecution that they did, this book is really relevant for us today because it is inching closer and closer towards us. The people that hold to biblical values, when you listen to the news, you, you realize there's a real, uh, hatred's a big word, a strong mm-hmm. word, yeah. but you do hear it. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty startling, uh, the growing divisiveness 
that's out there, the aggression that we see just playing out in a lot of places. In our, you know, there's violence you just read of in, everywhere in our homes, on our streets, in our schools. Uh, just, just shooting just recently up in New, yeah. At a grocery store. In Buffalo, New York, somewhere, yeah. I mean, Jesus said, these are the things we have to remind ourselves, that Jesus said that lawlessness will increase in the last days. And it is unfolding before our eyes. There is a growing lawlessness that we see, and that we, where does the lawlessness come from? It's a spirit of lawlessness that's released through the power of darkness. We have to remember where this comes from. Ephesians 6 says this, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but... We are wrestling with principalities, powers, and rulers of the present darkness. And we deal with them in prayer. Right. Spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And these Satan and demons want to influence, and they are obviously influencing the minds and hearts of people. This is how it works out in our everyday life. People that are influenced by the voices of darkness want to love the darkness more than they love the light. And it is playing out in so many ways in, our, in what you read. Just read. Just open your eyes in the morning. Schools, workplace, government, yep, yep. politics. This is why we really strongly encourage you to consider coming to one of our prayer meetings. Yes. Prayer is so important. Prayer has the power to hold back darkness. This is why we pray. Yes. Our prayers are pushing back the darkness. And it, God wants it to be pushed back in your home, in your families, yeah, in our city, in our businesses, in our schools. But he needs people to pray. I mean, our world needs prayer, and the church needs to be praying the will of God. Amen. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I would strongly encourage you, if you have opportunity, make time for it. Come and sit. You might say, I've never been to a prayer meeting. Well, now's the time to just come and yeah. see what it's like. You can just sit and listen. Just agree with us and in prayer. And just agree in prayer. You yeah. could just hear how we pray, how to pray the word of God you'll learn, and then you could take that same understanding into your home, how powerful this is. Um, and so please pray also. This is uh, voting week. Our church will be open. This is a voting precinct here. Are they using our church on Tuesday? Yep. I would encourage you to please pray and use your uh, right to vote. The views of elected officials really do matter. Come on, you know, we don't put that. our hope in politics. No. That's not where we that's not where our hope is. But elected candidate people that become candidates do and for they're elected eventually have influence to make laws in our nation. And so we are responsible to pray and ask God who who is going to uphold biblical values right. if I if I put my vote for them. So please do uh, you know some due diligence in that area yeah. and, and find out who's upholding biblical values. I think we did have some. Did we have those? I've, are they out there in the lobby? Okay. Some. some of a helpful voting guide. So back to First Peter. Okay, Peter, in light of the suffering and the persecution, he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Let's remind ourselves when we're reading the Word of God, we might say Peter said, Peter said, he's writing inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right. So we should always really be saying God's Word says... Yes. Through Peter. Through Peter. You know, he reminds them first in their suffering of their true identity. Come on. Who you are in Christ. Like, let's remember the basics here. That you're chosen by God. 
and you are sojourner. He calls them a sojourner, which means somebody that's living temporarily in a strange land. Right. Your, tr your true citizenship, in other words, is in heaven. If you are a believer sitting here this morning, you're, you, know, you might say, I have a citizen of America, but your true citizenship spiritually is in heaven Amen. if you're a child of God. This world is not our home. And our sufferings that we will all go through the, in this life, difficult times, sometimes seemingly very long and difficult. Mm -hmm. We must remember, ultimately, they're temporary. Come on. They are temporary in light of eternity. And when our spiritual eyes get open to this, when we begin to live our life in light of eternity, like this, whatever happens today isn't the end of the story. Come on. I mean, just like we were saying, even God is at work, even when it seems like there's a long period of time, you don't see the answer to prayer. We have to know that, well, this is not the end. God's still on the throne. And when we live this way, it changes everything. The perspective yes, changes. Yes, totally, totally. It helps to fuel your perseverance because it's like, well, I'm, one day I'm passing through this realm, right? Even if I face death, Jesus said in John 11, even if you die, he said, yet you shall live. Come on now. And Because he, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. <laughs> And he who believes in me, he said, if you can understand this, is never going to die at all. Right. Think about that. You're just going to close your eyes and pass into another realm, pass into eternity. And to, to be absent from the body, Scripture says, is to be present with the Lord. Yes. And so we have this great hope, salvation, a great hope in oh front of us. Oh, my gosh. It's, this, this is right. This is yeah. our blessed it's hope. Our hope the, of, yeah. It says that our salvation is really so amazing that the angels actually want to look into it about all that we have. Yeah. Look, we're in Christ. You're forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You're a child of the living God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are royalty, just like this song. It said, first we were beggars. Well, now we're royalty. Yes. We're royalty, yeah. glory to God. We're washed by the blood of Jesus. Our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. He has caused us to become a new creation in the Spirit. A new creation. Godlike. Praise God. And as we walk our faith out on this life, there's going to be an amazing full inheritance for us. Every one of us. We keep our faith intact we believe God when we don't see him working when we don't feel him working we believe God for that you're being rewarded because of your faith and those are going to add up in our heavenly realm this is like a blink in the eye if you have that perspective of heaven see in light of all this he's saying that you know you're having difficulty no doubt we, faith doesn't deny the trouble. Mm -hmm. Faith looks to God for the answer about the trouble. And he says that there in chapter 1 that their faith is being tried. Just like gold is tried in the fire. And so it comes out a genuine faith. So when you're in trouble, just say, just a test. It's, it's just a test. a test. It's only a <laughs> test. You know, but you have to have an eternal perspective for these things. Yeah. You cannot just think that this life is it and that's all I've got. You've got to go beyond. Yeah. You've got to put your heavenly bank account and get more rewards in there because you can. Yeah. 
Amen. Jesus says if you give a cup of cold water to a kid, you're getting a reward. And so what do you think we get when we stand in faith, even when we don't see the answer, and we persevere in that faith, and even though we don't see the answer? Now listen here. Even if you don't get that answer, but you believe to the end, you're going to have an incredible That's right. reward. That's right. Because we have eternity in our hearts. Glory to God. See, that's what we've got to look at our trouble. We have to go with an eternal perspective. The trials and the sufferings that we're going through are temporary compared to eternity. Really, it's a blink of the eye. So what we have and before this, Second Peter, or First Peter chapter 2 helps us to look at certain things because if we're bought by the blood of Christ and we are a new creation, things change. Perspectives change. Desires change. <laughs> and that's what we have to do. We're going to take a look at this. He gives us a perspective of, over our trials, over our suffering. You know, but we persevere through those difficulties. We go through those difficulties. And he also adds something else in chapter 2 is that we live a holy life. We live a holy life. Why? Well, we're, we're new creations. God breathed in us. And so that's really part of our new nature, is to live a holy life. In chapter 1, verse 16, it says, you shall, it's written, you shall be holy as I'm holy. <laughs> and so when we take a look at chapter 2, it, it's going to give us a glimpse of what uh, holy life looks like. And so let's take a look yeah, at chapter 2. Begin. If you have your Bible open to 1 Peter 2, because we, do, we don't have that all up on the PowerPoint. But, um, so it says, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, so, so put aside every trace of malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander and hateful speech. And like newborn infants, mm. you should long for the pure spiritual milk of the word that by it you may be nurtured and grow up in respect to salvation, since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord. Come to him then, mm -hmm. to that living stone which men tried and threw away, but which is chosen and precious in God's sight. You believers, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood yeah. to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 6, for thus it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a chosen, honored, precious chief cornerstone, and he who believes in him, who adheres to and trusts in and relies on him, Here we go. shall never be disappointed or put to shame. To you then who believe is the preciousness. But for those who disbelieve, it is true that the very stone which the builders rejected has become the main cornerstone. And a stone that will cause stumbling and a rock that will give men offense. They stumble because they disobey and disbelieve God's word. As those who reject him, they're destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, a special people for 
his own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds, the virtues of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people at all. Yes, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I implore as sojourners and strangers in this world to abstain from sensual passions of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourself honorably among the Gentiles, so that although they may slander you as evildoers, yet by witnessing your good deeds come to glorify God in the day of inspection. Glory to God. A word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now let's take a look. Let's go back to verse 1. And we're going to break it apart a little better. than you know, there's so much in those 12 verses that you could go for days. <laughs> but going back to verse 1. In most uh, Bibles, they might translate that first one, uh, first word that might be in your Bible. Therefore, therefore. Uh, the school we went to, Brother Hagen would always tell us, if you see a therefore, find out what it's there for. <laughs> I could figure that part. <laughs> but it's important that we take a look at what is he talking about here. Yeah. He, the therefore is because you've been chosen. You have been begotten of God. Uh, because Jesus bought us, really, there's implications on how we should live. Because we have this new nature, we should let this new nature dominate our thinking. Amen? Uh, so, verse 1. So, or therefore, put aside every trace of malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander and hateful speech. And again, because Jesus bought it, he has a right to tell us how to live. Amen? Amen. I mean, he paid the price for us. And we praise God that he did. Amen? But uh, Peter then in verse 2 goes a little bit more specific in this. and He goes, therefore, you've been, I'm back in verse 1. You're called to live a holy life. Put aside every trace of malice or rid yourself of all malice. Now, malice is kind of like a generic term for, uh, like, evil deeds. It's a term, like, kind of like the junk drawer of your sins. You know, it's so, it covers a lot. You know, it really does. I, I like it because he says to rid yourself of it. That means that we have the ability to do that. And see, if you're born again, that new nature of Christ within you, you want to do what the Word of God is calling you to do. There's an inner being that, of you that is agreeing with the Word of God all the time. And that's what we have to feed and allow to dominate our thinking. And he, he says that, you know, rid yourself of it. You know, I think every house has a junk drawer. Uh, you could have it in your kitchen or, <laughs> yeah. you know, our grandkids love to come over and open the drawers and see what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that in five years. He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
and I like how the message puts this because he's, the message Bible on this same thing, the message is a paraphrase, but it reads this way. So clean house, make a clean sweep. <laughs> the image is to, you know, dump out that drawer, the junk drawer of our sin. And he gives some specifics here now. What we might be in, it might be in that drawer, deceit. You know, that's lying. Hypocrisy is just simply being two-faced. You're one way with this and one way with that. Envy, envy actually, you know, it produces gossip, slander, division, hateful speech. You know, yeah. And so we, we understand that now malice, hypocrisy, envy, hurtful talk. He says get rid of it. And, and this, is, this is repentance language. Mm-hmm. Repentance. You know, the good news, the gospel calls us to repent. That was the first message that Jesus preached. John the Baptist called us to, you know, the people of the day to, to repent. But this word, you know, as we looked at it, you know, let's face it, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Let me go back and say, repentance, because we're born of God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit resides in us, then we're able to hear the Holy Spirit kind of give you an inward witness like, ooh, this is wrong. Okay? And that's just being sensitive. But that's how we should live. Because that's the recreated man on the inside. And he's drawing us into holiness, right living, because we're God's children. We have God's DNA. We're being conformed into the very image of Christ. And so it's not like we can't do it. We can. Because he said, rid yourself of this. And of course, this, this means that we recognize the sin. And we turn away from it. And we walk away. Okay? It doesn't mean that I'm staying in it and just saying, oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. No, no. We we turn from it. We turn from it. You have the power to do that because of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, this isn't a complete list. Do you understand? Malice is just the junk drawer. There's lots of things in there. And just because something that's not on this list is, is what you're doing, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not included. Amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah, probably the thing you're thinking of right now is, is, is in that junk drawer. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, tagging on to that, I think these, these words like, Deceit and envy, slander, hateful speech, they play out in relational dynamics with people. Yep, yeah. You know, that the, these are the things that we need to put away. Because when we talk like this, act like this, think like this in our homes, in our, with our marriage, in our family, in the workplace, uh, what does it do? It sure does. It divides. Yeah. It, it slowly, you know, tears apart the relationship. Yeah, it ruins things, yes. it wrecks things, it's divisive, and the gospel calls us to unity. Yes, that's true. I mean, we were just reading that in our reading Psalm 133, behold, how pleasant and good it is for brothers, sisters to dwell together in what? 
Unity. It's like the anointing of the Holy Spirit is there when we're yes. walking in unity with one another. And this is not easy, but we do have to recognize when we're doing the opposite and choose to walk in love, choose to speak the truth. If we're going to speak it, speak it in love. Yeah. Right? We're, we're called to forgive. We're called to encourage one another, to walk with God, respect one another. Amen. And when we do these things, we're going to be, we're unifying. We're going to feel the power and presence of the Holy Spirit building up. Uh, in our life. And so it's written, get rid of all malice. So you know, think, well, what's in my junk drawer? That's between you and God. <laughs> he may tell you that needs to go. That needs to get cleaned out. <laughs> yeah. So that we can be followers of Christ. So Peter is saying, get rid of this. But then in verse 2, he's saying, not just get rid of something, but here's something you need to crave. Here's something you need to go for. Verse yes. 2, let's go with that. Like newborn infants, you should long for the pure spiritual milk of the word that by it you may be nurtured and grow up in respect to salvation. So the word of God is likened to milk. You know, think like that a newborn would crave or desire, which would, why, why would they crave and desire it? Well, God put that instinct in them so Amen. that they could grow Amen. and mature and become healthy, right? I mean, if a newborn had no desire for milk, there's a problem, a, a major problem that's, yep. that's on your hands, a big problem because it's not going to grow or mature, or even survive. So infants need that milk to survive. And sometimes it's like this even with us, because he likens that we should crave the spiritual milk of the word. So, you know, sometimes that appetite needs to be encouraged and awakened in us. Yeah. Just like sometimes you have to encourage a newborn to nurse or take a bottle, like they don't want to eat at first. Anybody have a mom have that situation? You know, so when a, but when a person is born again, you know, you've tasted, it says, you've tasted the goodness of God. You've, you've tasted it, yes. but there's more. There's more that you need. It's like one bottle of milk for a baby is not going to oh. do it, right? No. <laughs> I mean, nobody's born a full-grown human. You don't just come out and you're not a full-grown human. Likewise, come nobody on. is born a fully mature, spiritually mature person. Amen. Right. You know, you're born a spiritual babe. We all are. And then you have to do things Pursue things that build you up. And Peter is saying, desire the sincere, the milk of the word, the pure, unadulterated milk of the word. Sweetness. That you would grow thereby. So spiritual, our spiritual diet, the main thing is this. Amen. Reading the word. As you, as you read the word and you pray, you fellowship, you come into a gathering, a group of people that are walking with God, this, this is the way we begin to mature. Amen. Jesus said, my word is what? Spirit and life. That's right. Right? He called himself, he's the bread of life. So there's so many parallels when we read the word of God. We are partaking of spiritual food. Without it, we starve. So Peter is saying, let's start with the the milk of the word of God. We should crave it and desire it. Yeah, because the word of God is our spiritual milk. It is the bread of life. Yes. And you could read the same thing and get it the first time and start walking in that truth. And now you, because you're born again, born of his spirit, you're, it's your nature to do these things. And then you could go back and read the same thing and you get a deeper understanding of it. Yeah. And that's the meat of the word. The word itself is milk and meat. And that's as you grow in your life with Christ, 
what's great about this, when we obey it, we act upon the word of God, guess what? When you do that, you get to know Jesus even better. Yeah. It's him. Yeah. It's actually him. And so when you start acting like this, the Bible declares that we're in him. We're in him. And he's in us. And when we start to obey the word, we start to act on the word, we start to renew our mind to the word, we're getting to understand who Jesus is. This pretty powerful stuff. Christianity is so spiritual, people don't get it. I'm sorry to say that. It, it's, but when we understand the word of God and we start being conformed to his image because that's our new nature... It's natural for us to want to walk a holy life. It's because who we are. Peter goes back to his identity, who you are. You're chosen of God. You are, amen? So what happens is we start to obey the word. Then all of a sudden we we get more spiritual discernment. We start to understand things. We start to catch things a little earlier than we did before. So then now we are more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he communicates us with an inward witness. So it's like, oh, no, no, oh, yeah, okay, no. So we are able to see sin before we get enwrapped in it because the devil is deceptive. He's going to try to get you to go into something that's wrong by putting the icing on the cake and inside the cake is razor blades <laughs> you know what i'm saying here <laughs> so what we do we feed upon the word we act upon the word and we begin to desire fellowship of people of like faith we want to be around other believers We want to learn. We want to grow. We want somebody to speak into our lives. I'm having this trouble. This is what the Spirit of God says. We're going to find out what the Spirit of God... See, this is your nature. This is who you are. This is who you are. We want to have a community together of believers. We want to do life together. That's just simple. We want to do life together. The Apostle Paul said through the Spirit of God moving upon his heart. (laughs) He wrote that he didn't want us to be children anymore, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. He wants us to be stable, fixed in the Word of God. See, we're going to grow into Christ. We're his body. He's the head. All along, God is calling us to grow. We don't want to stay babies. Uh, I don't want to be the same six months from now. I want to be stronger in the things of God. We want to grow up into him. You become more spiritually in tune with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. So we have to be careful of what we put in here. You know, in the natural, there are things that would uh, nourish a baby. There's things that would malnourish a baby. And there's even things that would poison a baby. Come on. Mm-hmm. 
You know, the same truth is spiritually. I mean, there are things that we, we don't want to put in, amen? Because if, and even a mature Christian, if they, or he or she continually feeds on that stuff, it'll poison you. And that's why we see the apostate happening now. People walking away from their faith. It happens little by little as you keep feeding on something. Like, you know, I don't know. Um, in my past, it was uh, certain books. It was about sorcery. Uh, now, you can, th- there's also New Age stuff. You know, politics. And politics is like the new religion of America. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And if we continue to do stuff like that, you know it's going to poison your heart. It'll poison your heart. And then there's obvious stuff, like pornography. That'll destroy your head, and your soul, and your spirit. It'll destroy you. It will destroy you. It will destroy you. But because you're born of his spirit... You have the ability to clean out the junk drawer. You do. He's given you authority and power to overcome that obstacle. And we want to help you do that. If that's you, you know, you can come see me later. You know, you can do things too that will destroy your spirit. You know, if you continue in drugs or you keep getting drunk. It, it will throw you off. It will actually eat away at your spirit and your flesh will gain ascendancy. And we don't want that. We want the mind of the spirit to gain ascendancy because it's our nature that way. It's our nature to walk away from sin. It's your nature to walk away from sin. It's your nature to hold back your tongue when you want to let somebody have it. Bless those who curse you, Remember? This is our kingdom, our kingdom. And, but that's your nature. That's who you really are. It's who you really are. We can't just get dubbed into everything in the world, the flesh, this and that. No, it's who you are. You're a spiritual being recreated in Christ Jesus. Right. He says that he's raised us up and made us sit together with him in heavenly places. Yeah. See, now we have to start thinking eternally. When you start to think eternally, you're starting to operate in the mind of the Spirit. And the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. The mind of the flesh is death. But it's our nature, because you're born of His Spirit, to desire the mind of the Spirit. It's your nature. It's who you are. It's pretty cool. Once you get a hold of this and you know who you are, you'll know how to live. Amen? (laughs) Glory to God. I don't know if any of that was in my nose. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just thinking about the things that, you know, you're saying about that we could poison ourselves with. And some of these things are like that. Like you mentioned drunkenness and drugs. And there's so much out there in the media it easily poisons. I think of the music. Sometimes I'm sitting in a car at a stop sign and I listen to the music of the car that maybe you could hear it a block away. And <laughs> I think, really, is this, what, is this what lyrics are like? 
in rap music particularly, like, I didn't know what, <laughs> I was shocked. I guess, you know, you, after you're walking, uh, you're listening to worship music, you're not even aware of what's out there. But that will poison your soul, listening to certain kind of music like that that's vulgar. Yes. And so you have to just be, because think about it, you're taking Jesus with you there. If he lives on the inside of you, he's your Lord. Well, you're taking him right in the midst of that vulgar place. And you have to ask yourself, who am I then? Who yeah. Am I in Christ? And he'll give you the grace to, to turn and walk away. And sometimes Amen. we have to just see it for what it is and go, this is ugly, this is awful. And he'll give you the grace to turn. I, 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 we, we are people who are supposed to learn to love what Jesus loves and hate what he hates. Come on. Because it will destroy us. Yes. And so um, you, you, know, you become like the people that you hang around. Have you noticed? Yes. <laughs> you know, bad company can corrupt good morals. Right. And this is why it's so important to gather together with people of like faith, believers. Yes. We want, to, we want to bring ourselves on purpose among other believers. In Acts, we see the pattern of the early church. You think, what did the early church gatherings look like? Well, Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 42, we have this up on the screen. It said, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Hallelujah, right there. So what did they do there? This was the beginning pattern of holy living, if you will. You go, what is holy living? Well, I think this is a great pattern for starters. Yeah. The word of God. They had close fellowship with other believers. They ate together. They prayed together. You know, if you just put those things together, that's not a lot, really. It's not even rocket science. <laughs> but you will find that your life will slowly be guided by the spirit of God. Amen. <laughs> Verse 46 of that Acts chapter 2. But it's true. Sometimes we think, well, how do I live a holy life? Well, let's just look at what they did. They actually didn't even have the word of God written in front of them. Right. They were just led intuitively by the Holy Spirit to do these things. They gathered around the word of God. It said, verse 46, and day after day, they regularly assembled in the temple. There See, that'd be go. like they gathered together in a place like this with united purpose. There. And in their homes, they broke bread receiving their food with glad and generous hearts. So they live their life together. It's so important that we see this about our walk with God. We are yeah. meant to live in community. God's design is for every believer to have a church body. Again, the church is really, it's not a physical building. We think of it, I go there to church. No, the church is actually called out ones. We are believers who are called out. Ecclesia. Ecclesia, yeah. And his design is that every believer would have a church, a company of believers, okay, that the like-minded people with the same values, the same beliefs, who yeah. come regularly together for worship, and we come together for the teaching around the Word of God, we come together for prayer, we come together for regular fellowship together. It's amazing how we will grow that Amen. our walk. Because iron sharpens iron. Yeah. You know, when you get around other people that are a little bit of maybe ahead of you, more mature in their walk with God, it might bring conviction to your heart. Oh, but that's okay. It is. How else can we grow? It's just as like in a family, if, if the parent is teaching and saying, you've never done this before, but this is going to help you learn and grow. And so the child in obedience would say, okay, teach me. 
And this is why we come together. Come on. And so th these are the core elements, I believe, of and building blocks of holy living. This is up on PowerPoint. This is a statement that holiness, so we're talking about holy living is the subtitle to this chapter, or growing into our salvation right. is not only what you avoid or don't do. Like some people think, well, if you're going to be holy, you can't do that, and you can't do this, and it's a list of rules. And, and there are some things that we should walk away from that we need to walk away from. Yeah. But it's also about what you make effort to pursue in your life. That is it's a great not just statement. what we give up. It's what are we pursuing and chasing after now? Gosh, because we do good. have to give up some things, but we need to pursue like the milk of the word, Amen. the meat of the word, the fellowship with the saints, prayer and unity of purpose. Well, yeah, in uh, the next verse, verse four, uh, Peter's encouraging the believers to pursue Jesus. They come to him. He's the living stone. We'll, we'll read it. Come to him, the living stone, which men tried and threw away, but which is chosen and precious in God's sight. Now, verse 5 is really important because it, it, look at what it does. It describes the church as a living spiritual temple with Jesus Christ as the foundation stone. He's the cornerstone and every believer is a living stone. Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. Look at this scripture. And it's, you have to have your spiritual eyes on now. Let's put them on and keep them on. You believers, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood yeah. to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says just about the exact same thing. But then you want to go to Corinthians. Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he portrays the body of Christ as a body, the church as a body. Here we're living stones being built up into a holy temple where you and I are called to be priests unto God. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And Paul is saying that we are like individuals, but we're all one and we need each other yeah. to function. Right. It's important. Both of them uh, uh, emphasize the need for Jesus to be at the center and that every part supplying their need. Yeah. Let me tell you, one stone doesn't complete a temple. Right. One stone doesn't make a wall. Are we getting this? Because we're built together. And, and what is it? The joints hold and connect the body parts. Amen? And, and the stones together strengthen the structure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. God is saying we need each other. Yeah. Uh, don't you know one body part by itself is useless yeah. can i hear that yes yeah. this next powerpoint slide let's take a look at it it says the we'll wait for there the gospel calls us to live in community with one another we just 
we're looking at the word of God. And, and he says we need each other. And with, that means that you and I are responsible to come together. We're responsible. Just like he said, rid yourself of that junk drawer stuff. Why? Because you have the ability to do it. Because it's, you're born of his spirit. And now we make the choice, the spiritual mind is that we come together. We come together. Because we're, yeah, you have to make the choice of it. But you know what? It's a sacrifice to do that, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it at times? I might rub you the wrong way. <laughs> but guess what? You have to love me. If you're going to heaven, you have to love me. <laughs> See where we are? But you know what? But it's our nature to love because we're born of his spirit. We're born of his spirit. So when there's a resistance to it, guess what? Oh, that's the mind of the flesh. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to handle Pastor Steve. <laughs> When you come to my house in heaven, I'm going to make it snow on you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He insisted because it's in the north, it's going to snow. Yeah, the, God's throne is in the sides of the north, so don't give me any business. Ha! He loves, I got scripture on it. Glory to God. Glory to God. But it takes effort, doesn't it? And sacrifice to come together, to worship together, to start to talk and fellowship with one another. Mm -hmm. Here's a challenge. Go to the person you don't like in the most and start to get to know them. Because you know what? You're going to find out they're a lot like you. Hello. And if you see a bunch of people coming to talk to you today, get a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it might be me. <laughs> but you know what? These things please him. Yeah. And right. it's your nature to do it because we're born of his spirit. We want to live out our identity in Christ. And we can do it here and now. It's pretty awesome. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Scripture says you're a child of the light. Scripture says when they are persecuting you, the glory of God rests on you. Well, we need to open our eyes to that. I said, if that's how you get the glory of God resting on you, well, oh boy. <laughs> it's just like it, the early in Exodus. The children of Israel looked toward the wilderness, listen, and saw the glory of God. In this world, we'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go so to verse 6 before I keep going. <laughs> All right, verse 6. <laughs> this is up on our PowerPoint. It says this, for thus it stands in Scripture, Behold, I'm laying in Zion, a chosen, precious chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. And he who believes in him shall never be disappointed or put to shame. Zion. This is a glimpse of our heavenly home. The new Jerusalem, everything, everything revolves around Jesus. Yes. Everything revolves around him. Everything. And on verse 7, it says, To you then who believe is the 
preciousness. I mean, I think, oh, thank God we have a life securely based on the Word of God, the rock. Yes. We can build our life on the, the chief cornerstone, the living stone, His Word, because mm. His kingdom will never pass away. Right. Glory. Yet, we see in this scripture, verse 8, and mm. a stone, though, that will cause stumbling and a rock that will give men offense. Many are stumbling over the stone. Don't Have you we, noticed? Don't we know it? And rejecting the cornerstone of all life. I mean, everything came from the Word of God. The whole universe is upheld by the Word Amen. of His power. And so we see people, though, stumbling over the stumbling, uh, over the stone. And so in the, in the world today, I think the secular culture, it, it really does not like, it, in fact, I use that word again, it hates yeah. Jesus' teaching. We see this more and more about the sanctity of marriage, the sanctity of life about gender, about sexuality. Secular culture does not like the authority of the Word of God. No. It's too narrow and it's too limiting. So they, they don't uh, like the things that Jesus calls excellent and good. When we see it in the Word of God. Yeah, come and it on. causes them, it's causing them offense. And they are stumbling over the cornerstone that the whole entire universe in our lives, yep. and the meaning of life is built upon. Come on. And we've got to be careful in the day that we live that, you know, we don't minimize because this is what the draw is, to be accepted, to be understood, to not be, you know, this unfriended on Facebook or whatever, to have more followers. We kind of want to have this inclusivity about everything that we believe that the world is saying. But we, we have to stand up for what Jesus calls yes. excellent and good and right. Come on. And not just agree in order to just try to fit in. Or else we will end up stumbling over the stone of God's word. And Come then we, we're gonna, we'll finish up here with verse 9. All right. But you are a chosen race. He's talking about you. When you read something like this, you've got to tell yourself he's talking about me. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, a special people for his own possession. Wow. That you may proclaim the excellencies and the wonderful deeds and the virtues of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yeah. All these descriptions that Peter used here, chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, they're plural. Yeah. They're plural. And this is important emphasis here because we are made for community. Yeah. If we're going to participate in God's redemptive work, we need each other. Yeah. And that's why you need to belong to a body of believers. It's so critical. It really is. This is where you can actually exercise your God-given gifts for the sake of building up the body of Christ. Helping another living stone find its place. Because yeah. we're building this temple. Glory to God. So many, some, you know, through whatever, offenses come, COVID came. Yeah. <laughs> Give up on the church for whatever reason. I was hurt in church or, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to have anything to do with organized religion. It's like what? You Do you want yesterday. disorganized religion? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, hey, listen, aren't you glad that Jesus never gave up on the church? Amen. Amen. <laughs> he sacrificed for the church. Yeah. 
He came to birth the church. Yeah. He died for the church. <laughs> Jesus said he's going to build the church. And guess what? He's coming back for the church yeah. because he's going to marry the church. Hallelujah. Jesus is focused on the church. Yeah. I mean, really, if you choose to walk away from the church and you maybe you don't even want to be involved with church, let me ask you, where does that leave you? It, outside the church? You know, we've said this before, is that Lord shocked me now, so I won't be shocked later. Jesus is focused on the church. See, it's in the church where you're going to get challenged to grow and mature in the spirit. Amen. That's right. Yeah. It, it's, it's going to increase and be able to have your love walk grow. And all the while, we're building that holy temple. We have a great opportunity here at Community Life Church for everybody to be involved. Everybody. So I'm encouraging you, don't just walk out the door. Share your life. Share your life. Share a smile. Share a hug. Yeah. How are you? This is just the beginnings of community, of saying, you know what, I see you, and your life matters. Yes. Sometimes we think, well, nobody really cares. People do care. They do care. We just have to make that effort and know that God cares. He's the one who started this thing. And I think if we just would pause and go, you know, I... I don't even know your name. I've seen you here for a while. My name is. It's pretty amazing what can begin to happen in just a little bit of that fellowship. You realize, I didn't, oh, you like that? I do too. And before you know it, there's this, there's a connection happening, but we have to pause and we have to pursue it. We have to be intentional about community. Yes. Otherwise, it just the priorities of life just grab it. But when God says, you know, I'm building a holy temple together, then we, that priority needs to become our priority. And who knows what God will do in and through yes. the fellowship that you find with the other saints in the church. It's your nature. It's who you are. God just told us who we were and what yes. we're to do. Yes. He told us. Oh, we love your word, Lord. We love your word. We love your word, Lord. I know that Jesus continues to invite people to be part of his family. So that you can be born of his spirit, born again. See, what we're talking about here is that not doing it in your own effort, you're yielding yourself to the spirit of the living God. And if you're here today... You're outside the church. You're outside the family of God. The only way to get into the family of God is just what the Bible says. Admit that you sinned against God the Father. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Now, Lord means He's the master of your life. That means now you're giving up your rights to one 
who is eternal. That means you're going to start to live His way. Yielding yourself to Him. But your sins will be completely forgiven. And the Spirit of God will come and dwell on the inside of you. So it would be so easy to walk in this holiness that's set before us. This life that God wants us to live, it's supernatural. And as we yield our lives to Him, we will bring Him glory forever and ever. And God will use you to advance His kingdom. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord, you're sitting in a difficult and troubling situation. But Jesus is the answer. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand high enough so I can see it. And we'll say a prayer and the Spirit of God will come in and recreate you on, this, in, on the inside. Your spirit will be recreated. It's the greatest miracle that happens a child of the devil gets instantly recreated into a child of God most powerful thing on the planet anyone at all